Yo fam, before we get going here today, I want to have a big shout out to all the ladies. Today is International Women's Day. And today is a very important day to recognize the women in our lives that have overcome adversity, gender inequality, and a whole bunch of other bullshit for years and years and years. So if you haven't done so already yet today, I want you to make a special note to let every woman in your life know how much they mean to you. Okay, we're all brothers, we're all sisters, we're all born with two ears and one mouth. Let's do a better job of listening. This is the Music Fit Podcast. Let's do this thing. All right, fam, welcome back. Yes, you heard it. It is International Women's Day here today. Awesome, awesome day. We've got a great show lined up here for you today, too, as well, where we're talking about how to express yourself creativity-wise, what to look for in the in the music industry, what kind of things are out there, and how to get yourself discovered. We're talking to an artist out of the UK, again, across the pond here. Woo, we got, uh, we got international coverage with Mr. Tom Houston. And he is going to explain what he's been up to. We've had him on the show a couple times now. He played guitar with a group um, of allies and has got a little solo project going out there. So all you artists out there that are scratching your head at what to do, well, we've got some tips on how to make most use of your time here today. So without further ado, this is Tom Houston. Just listening to Awake. Uh, when you threw that through for your walk-up song, I would I did like a fist pump. I absolutely love Tycho. Talk to me about the story. Talk to me about the story. How did that how did that become your walk-up song, my dude? Is it is it walk up or wake up? Because I, I, I it could <laughs> it could be your wake up song. Yeah. Let's talk about your wake <laughs> both, I suppose. I mean if it was a walk-up song, it would probably be something a bit more pumped, like but it's it's a wake up song for me. I literally have it as my alarm on my phone, um, and it doesn't it doesn't annoy me. Still, you know, sometimes a certain like you have the alarm for so long, and you get it's a song, and you oh, for God's sake, I hate that song because it's my alarm. So, but it still doesn't bother me. Um, yeah. But I just like I I don't know. Taika just kind of I discovered it by accident. It was yeah. one of those. Uh, I was going through a, like a Spotify, like trying to find something new to listen to because, you know, you create a playlist of all your favorite songs and you kind of go through it. And I was kind of going through a bit of a dry spell of write, trying to write something different and trying to sort of find a new direction musically for, for to do something. Because obviously you know, I'm from like a heavy rock background and I thought I, I do like other music. And to cut a long story short, I just decided one evening after I'd been out drinking with some friends, I came home <laughs> and still drunk. I was, I was on, home alone. My partner was, uh, she was visiting family. And I get on my computer and I put Spotify on. I was like, crank up the speakers. And I, and I find the dance rising, like the, the the latest dance music. And I'm not a dance music person. Anybody who's known me since I was 20 years old, just to me to, to put that playlist on, like, what are you, what? 
what who are you <laughs> that was so anti-commercial anti-dance music anti-electronic music for such a long time but i was just in a really weird state of mind at the time and i just did it and i was just like man this music's fucking brilliant like right. it's really good I mean, there was a couple of tracks that I was like, oh, I'm not too keen on that one. And, and it was mainly the, like the 90s throwback dance music. And maybe oh, yeah. that's what it was. I just, I mean, I still today, if it's something is like a 90s vibe dance song, I'm just not a fan. I just don't like that they're sort of really hollow. Those, those, keys, those, those keys. Yeah, I just find it so like corny. like bad. I mean, obviously, it's, it's got it's got its place, and yeah. you know, I can understand why people like it, and it's obviously it's it's got its roots and everything. Just not for me, but it, that's kind of what got me into like electronic music was just hearing how well this music was produced and how good it sounded when cranked. I was like, I get it now. Yeah. It's like one of those light bulb moments. I was like, I understand why people actually like this kind of stuff, and because I haven't like touched it for such a long time. And all of a sudden, I'm listening to the latest of what this genre has to offer. I was like, it's really come along. It, oh, yeah. You know, it, it sounds a lot better. And it's like there's these sounds that you just uh, just so like, wow, that's a really interesting sound. And that bass is just so heavy. Mm. And I think that was like kind of one of the last things I listened to was Psycho. And I was like, yeah, I really like that. And that was obviously that sort of stuck in my head over a while it sort of just became like the staple chill out music for me it's like if I was ever like going on a flight or you know I was on holiday and I was just on the beach with headphones on tighter and yeah it just really worked and it just stuck it was like just the perfect music for those sort of situations just to kind of it's nice to listen to it's re- well you know arranged music nice compositions and yeah yeah so there you go you said something really cool how it's um like your chill out music which is so important these days how important is it to just explore different things you said you were a rock guy so what yeah what does that do for you as an artist uh a lot i mean it's it's weird to say i mean as a young musician you know say i'm not saying i am now but when I was a musician uh, back in sort of the early 2000s and things like that. It was obviously not as easy. Things were a lot more accessible and to find new music was getting to be easier. Um, But at the same time, I I didn't want to. It was kind of like I was just looking for the next Metallica. I was looking for the next Machine Head. I was looking for something that was similar. And it was, you know, and that's kind of all I sort of stuck to the same sort of genre, the same kind of theme and I just didn't really like expand my horizons and and it was like I was even though I'd hear stuff you know you'd be at a party or you'd be at a friend's house and they'd put on like for example I remember it was Jack Johnson somebody played Jack Johnson it was like the end of the night you know the night was like winding down and someone puts Jack Johnson on and part of me was like I really like this, <laughs> yeah. but my but my you know, rebellious rock self was like, "What is this fucking bullshit, man? What is it? Oh, he's singing it. Oh, yeah, it's all right for him. He lives in Hawaii. Like, oh, living making banana pancakes. Oh, dickhead. 
And you know, but, but deep down, but deep down, I was just like, no, this is really cool music. I mean, even, you know, the subject matter I can't really relate to. I, I do like what he's singing about. I want to do what he's doing. I wish I fucking could live in Hawaii and wake up slowly in the morning and be like, ah, it's fine. Banana pancakes, um, bitches. Then, yeah, yeah, exactly. But then, you know, I, I, I got over my pride and I started like listening to sort of some of his stuff. You know, and you know, I quite like the fact that he does write about political, like very sort of, you know, straight to the point things that obviously a lot of people are thinking. Mm-hmm. But he does it in a very sort of matter of fact. He's not sort of, you know, there's no sort of metaphor behind it. What sometimes there is, but most of the time it's just like it's this, and this is what everyone's thinking. And some people might think it's quite sort of, you know, um, amateur sounding. But I like the fact sometimes you get songwriters are just like why metaphor why do it why don't you just say it how it is you know a good friend of mine said the other day there's no such thing as bad music and at first i was like ah kind of mm." but then the more i've sort of thought about it i was like i suppose it's kind of right it's just not good in the the listener's ears it's going to be good in somebody else's ears Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. That's a yeah, very interesting. I, I, I love that. I love that concept because nowadays we live in a world where, you know, my grandmother could make a, a, a track and produce it yeah. and and put it up on the distro kid. And now she's a, she's an artist. She's a recording artist. We live in such a different yeah. time from the time that we grew up through the scene. Right. How much do you think is, um, I, I, I see it as a double-edged sword because you've got these streaming platforms that help awake a lot of people up to different styles of music as you've alluded to if you didn't have that spotify playlist how would you have ever found taiko it's not something that's in your wheelhouse right yeah what what's the frustration though with those streaming resources as an artist like because they got to be taking a cut and for you to be an artist sitting there and people are just streaming your songs and not paying you directly there's got to be a bit of a there's got to be a loophole there there's like spotify's winning right yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's like you say, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, part of me goes, uh, part of me thinks, you know, you, you make music, you put it on Spotify, and, you know, you just hope people will listen to it. And the thing is, uh, you, you have to kind of market your own music. You can't just put it on there and expect people to listen to it. Um, you might be lucky, and you might just, people might just stumble across it. And, you know, the stuff that I've put on there, you know, not as... The band of allies but as like just my stuff the scattered debris stuff you know it hasn't had very many plays but it doesn't sort of like it doesn't make me angry that it hasn't had plays mm-hmm. but i know it would be nice to know that just the few people that have listened to it that money that i do get which is very 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 little for, for the streams yeah yeah um should be more you know, just for that matter of fact that, you know, it, it, you should get more money for it. I think that's just the case. I mean, but then I suppose people would say like, well, if, you know, you know, shit music could be on there and loads of people could just be streaming it and streaming, streaming it like with, you know, and find some sort of like um, weird algorithm on the computer. So it just does it from, a, from another user. So they're actually getting money that, you know, it's not a, an actual like bots. If you know what I mean, yeah. Definitely. So they could come up with, and I know that there are people who can do that, and 
I suppose in a sense, Spotify have kind of found this way to avoid that from happening because you can get a bot to, to stream that song a billion times, but then that user is only going to get a certain amount of money. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, but there's a lot of good music out there that is, you know, the people don't have the time and the stamina and the energy to sit there on social media all day long, you know, staring at the phone screen or the computer screen learning and finding out how to just get people to just look at their facebook page or their instagram page to see oh this is an artist they do this there's the spotify link listen and it's it's hard you know yeah yeah but at the same time it's good that you can just do that so absolutely yeah again double-edged sword it's like where do you you, where do you cut the line It's almost like there's a line in the sand between art and uh, business, right? Because yeah. if you if we look at it, uh, the the awesome website Patreon, right? The the reason mm. that that name, the root of that name, is as a patron, right? Artists, artists, entertainment, way back, they they were royalty, man. Like that was what you mm. know the prince had hire you because you wanted entertainment. You were like second in command, man. What would you say is is another way because there are there are a bunch of different ways especially with the pandemic people had to get creative with uh with getting their art out there it couldn't just be streaming and we're certainly not playing live shows so like what other things are out there for people that i don't know that you're going to beat the algorithm uh if you want your art and you want to be paid and compensated properly what other things have you found work yeah it's a tough it's a, it's a really tough industry because if you've got the the marketing and you know the, the the fire the belly the fire in your belly to just do it and just really really hammer at it um it's very very possible to to, to get a decent you know response from people um but obviously not everybody's like that i mean myself i i would say i'm nowhere near like that you know i i, I find it really disheartening sometimes that I do all like the basics of like going, okay, well, I've got a, an Instagram thing for my scattered, scattered debris. I've got a Facebook page. I've got a Twitter thing. Uh, I've got my own, you know, Spotify profile. Everything's ready to go. It looks professional. And then I release something on it. I put, do a few posts, new release. There you go. And then I just sit back and go, I can't have other anymore. It's just too much to like just keep hammering and hammering and hammering and hammering. Because as a, like a consumer as well of music, when a, a new artist or somebody comes out, especially if it's somebody I know, I know it's, it sounds really harsh, but if you just get hammered and hammered and hammered with it, like, like my music, like my music, it's like, well, I do like your music, just chill out, you know. <laughs> listen, listen to some Tycho, hey, listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's this just, song, just, just chill out. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Stop bothering me with your music. You know, I don't, I love the fact that they're doing something, but at the same time, I just think, but at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm going, well, that's the only way to fucking do it. And okay, I might be dismissing it. Not, I'm not like actively pressing dislike. I'm just scrolling past or whatever. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, that's good that they're doing that because they're going to get somebody else who's going to find them and like what they do. Again, oh. you know, you've got people who, who were like, hey, get curated playlists for just £25 a second. And you're just like, fuck me, man. People <laughs> fall for this shit. 
but people do and it's just that's that's another thing it's like another thing that's kind of come out of this whole thing people are obsessed yeah. with getting the music on a playlist and then people exploit that and yeah so it's 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 a minefield of finding the right people how many hours a day do you think you're on screen when you're just setting up a release um just for like doing like a release and stuff like a long time uh per day it I, I don't really like to spend too much time just idly staring at screens it's something that I'm, I, I really try and avoid mm-hmm. um but obviously it's you know you've got to kind of do it um hours per day it, probably about you know six hours just just setting all that stuff up yeah i mean it, get, it gets easier the second time around i mean i've as, as a solo recording artist i've done two releases now and the first time it was a nightmare i didn't got a clue what i was doing but the second time around <laughs> i knew exactly what to do so it was a lot more just fluid i was like okay that needs to go on to this the distribution people and then that that that, that, that. but then there's so many little bits and bobs and they have to sort out and I do all the artwork myself as well because I always like I could get someone else to do it and I just think no but I want to learn how to do these things mm, and that's mm. always what it is for me and that's why I did the whole production thing is like I could get somebody else who does know how to do it to do the mastering to help mix my track but I was like no I want to learn to do it it's not that I don't think anyone else is good enough it's that I want to get good enough yeah, yeah, you just need to do it. I think that's a big thing. I mean, a lot of people can be perfectionist on that and think it has to be the, the highest caliber. And, you know, and they feel like if they, the more money they spend, the better quality they're, you know, the collaborators that they work with are going to get from it. And, you know, to a certain extent, that, that is true. Um, but for me, I, I quite like the DIY element of it and the fact that we can do it as a DIY thing. We should do it as a DIY thing. It's good to work with other people, but I think it's only worth working with other people is if you really like what they're doing and you specifically want to work with them. I mean, I'm just thinking in my head when I say that as like a visual artist. So if a friend of mine is like a, an artist who does do drawings and makes stuff all the time. I really like what they do. I want their their style as my album i will contact them because of that not because i need some uh, uh, you know right and uh, an artwork yeah, I'll find yeah. It. If, I, if i just needed an artwork i'd like right i will go i will draw a picture and i'll scan it and i'll get it up in <laughs> photoshop and i'll play with it until i like what i've done and that's it you know and that's fine because at the end of the day it's a tiny little box on somebody's phone screen you know yeah. it's not that big a deal anymore well it, here's it, here's an interesting question then in in an ideal world if we could just snap if you could just snap mm-hmm. right now and change the music industry back to something or maybe something new what is the what is the ideal world for you as an artist trying to make music what would be the best thing for you and for the rest of the industry right now <laughs> i don't know honestly that's that's a really tough thing because as much as I moaned just then about like how it is the way it is, I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's always, you know, the younger generations are always going to be the ones who, who, who set the, the new standard. And 
the way the music industry has been for such a long time, it is very much, you know, you've got to be with, you've got to be in the know. You've got to know the right people. It's not about what you know, it's about who you know. It is literally like that. And, you know, with our allies, we went through talking to numerous managers and numerous, like, agencies. And it turns out, you know, after, like, you know, getting to know them slightly, they all know each other. It's like one little click of people and yeah. it's like it's it's bonkers it's like why are these people in particular the what the gatekeepers of who has success yeah and it, i like the fact that some dude who you know used ableton live and just created this hip-hop beat and he's not very good at rapping but he's really good at autotune can create this um track put it on his personalized tiktok or whatever and people absolutely love it and he gets shitloads of attention and money for doing that and he was just some kid in his room and he's done that good for him you know yeah. it's not particularly my taste in music i like listening to bands and things like that and that's my thing but good for him for doing that or her mm -hmm. and and that's just like i think that's a good thing that that can be done because it's a big massive fuck you to the the that click of yeah, people who yeah who, who run the the industry and have, have a say you know they're, they're guaranteed it's guaranteed that those people will try and get their fingers in this person's pies and try and like control them and but he doesn't have to do it because he's done that on his own for me it's just finding the fact that i really enjoy the creative process of making music and that's the part that I like. So mm -hmm. I'll just keep doing that and I'm happy. Yeah. You know, whether well, I'm successful or not is like, if I get successful, cool. If I don't, oh well. Yeah. Have fun. <laughs> well, you yeah. said some, you said some big things too, is that like, honestly, it sounds like now more than ever, people have a great opportunity to put their music out there, to have complete creative control if they want, if they choose, if they, if they have somebody in mind that they want to work with, cause they love that sound or they love that visual, go for it, work with yeah. those people. But you've got so much freedom right now yeah. with, especially being in lockdown, most places in the world. Anyways, we're still sitting around. We've got loads of, uh, loads of time to sit around and, and learn these new skills. So why not? I mean, I did. Um, I've known lots of musicians that have used this time to put out their own solo releases. Let's let's talk a little bit about your new releases here too, because you are of the like you said the the hard rock genre of Allies, yeah, so. awesome awesome group. But you've you ventured out and uh, you put out a couple releases on your own. Let's talk about those. Okay, yeah. Um, so the, the 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 name that I use is Scattered Debris. Uh, which just a quick history on that. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, hear it. Back in the MySpace days, um, you could upload music to your to your MySpace. Jesus, um, oh, hang hang tight, hang tight for the kids out there that don't <laughs> the know what the fuck what the fuck is MySpace. This is pre Facebook, guys. This is like yeah, yeah. I I found a button from one of my first bands, my high school band. We had a MySpace as yeah, our website. Man. That was what, that was the, that was the hot ticket, man. Everybody had to have a MySpace. That was what well, that, is that, now TikTok. Like that was crazy. I mean, that's like, that was the beginning of it all really. It was MySpace. That's what's kind of started the, the, social the rage, media profiles. Yeah. social media profiles and the mm -hmm. fact that bands could get famous from nothing but the MySpace. Yeah. 
like the Arctic Monkeys, they're like the prime example. Oh man, what a great story bands. about them. So yeah, exactly. So everybody wanted to kind of do that. But I think this might have been just before like the Arctic Monkeys got big. But I was just like, you know, I was a music student and I was making music. So I was uploading really crap music that I'd made to my MySpace. And I just basically called it scattered debris because it was like there was no fixed genre it wasn't a band it was just my it was loads of stuff that i had on my hard drive that was scattered around like debris <laughs> so i just called it scattered debris love it and i can't quite liked the name and i remember when i was started creating electronic music uh, which basically spawned from me sort of recording um local bands in in my city i was like right i'm going to become i'm going to went for the dream i was like you know open the recording studio i'm gonna have a recording studio people are going to come to me they're going to record i'm gonna that's going to be my day job it's going to be great and obviously financially it was just not a possibility but i had to sort of start somewhere so i was just like contacting local bands saying do you want me to record you for free and they were like yeah man so i was like okay cool so i found ways to do it it was like kind of go to them with a mobile recording rig, record the drums, and then like, I'd take the stuff home and I'd get like the guitarist, he'd come in, he'd lay down the guitar part. And it'd just be basically like that. And it got I got more and more streamlined in how I was doing it. But I was like really learning how to use the software. So uh, that's kind of what got me into sort of making music that was better than just sticking a microphone in the rehearsal room because that's basically all I kind of knew at the time. It was just recording live instruments. But I was starting to incorporate like synths and different drum machines and things like that into what these people were recording. And they were like, oh, I really like that sort of like little synth line that you put in the chorus. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna start using that. And I'm like, oh cool, nice one. And that's kind of where it sort of came from. I was like, I'm gonna just give it a go. Yeah. And it started off, I was just like, I'm gonna try and make some dance music and so I did I gave it a shot and it was okay uh and it just sort of went from there and yeah uh I think I just tried I mean the first release that I did it's very sort of 80s synth wave I suppose is what it's known as okay and I just kind of went for that sort of thing I was like experimenting trying to get that old drum machine sound almost like oh, yeah. Casio keyboard kind yeah, of yeah. the stuff that they use and in the 80s and I was like right recreating that and it kind of the, the 80s sort of drum beats kind of were just natural and then I was just sort of listening to a few <clears throat> sort of different sort of synthwave artists and going I really like how they do this it sounds pretty cool so that was kind of at first I was just trying to recreate other people and that the whole 80s thing, I just kind of like it seemed to work for me. Like it, it sort of flowed mm. well for me because it was it was it was very open. There was no sort of like there was hardly any rules to it because it was like it, as long as it sounds um, sort of analogy, it yeah. doesn't really matter. Yeah. And I just just played around with it, and that's kind of how it started. And I was like. I created a few like pieces of music and played them to my friends. I was like, what do you think to this? And I'm like, yeah, man, this is really cool. This is like, you should, you should do something with this. So I sort of worked on a few little things and just sort of released it. 
and with the mindset like i said before i just like i didn't want to just have it sat on my hard drive i was like i want to actually make it a complete piece that i'm happy with that i can then upload to the, the, the social sorry the social the streaming services and that's it i'm done with it and i'll move on uh so yeah that's kind of like how the whole scattered debris thing spawned well, let's close out the show here with where people can find you and uh, pick up the, the new release. I use Ditto Music to distribute okay. my music. Yeah. Um, and they put it on everything. So iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, yeah. Google. Sorry, not Google Play anymore. It's YouTube Music now. Oh, yeah. Uh, they all do it. That's all on there. And social media on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. With this um, scattered everything, I actually did like a, a collaboration with a a singer and we released something but it's doing quite well she's from cyprus so just to get it played on cypriot radio and stuff like that so uh but yeah the song it's scattered debris and valentina is the singer uh and the song's called teenage lives yeah. all right dude cheers thanks so much for your time okay talk to you soon. Peace out, dude. Bye-bye. Bye.